Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto is your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, as usual. Uh, we had a, about a two-minute late start. Guess what happened? The keyboard just decided to quit. So what I had to do is run and find another Bluetooth keyboard, resync it, uh, pair it, and make sure that I had a plug to charge it because it was one of those keyboards where it was left completely uncharged. So, you know, not in panic mode, but in I got to hurry up because I need to make sure that we that people know that we're here. I got to make sure people know we're here. But you know what? We're here. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming Sr. Welcome aboard, E2247. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. And of course, right now, we are still missing El Senor Rodnin. But folks are starting to come in. Uh, the emails are starting to go out. Yvette Avery Herod just appeared into the stream. Welcome aboard. We have a great show for you today. Bridge Technology. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. A bridge says technology, LOL. I'm telling you, you know, you, you have to be, you have to be prepared, you know, Here's a, here's a non-functional keyboard that controls three machines at one time. And suffice it to say, it's controlling none right now. And we're kind of playing around to make things work. Uh, Rodnin is out today. I see. I don't see him and we don't have any information from him. I wish he had told me if his legs getting better. Uh, you know, we like to make sure that all our peeps are doing fine. We are a... The PDR Posse family. We have a lot. We have four videos for you today. We're going to start, of course, with the economy. Uh, I got, I'm going to play one of them last because I got pushed back on the internet that said they are very disappointed in what I had to say. We are under a tornado warning at the moment. That is from Yvette Avery Herod in, uh, in, in, uh, in Georgia. In, in, I think it's Atlanta that you are. Teresa Brewer-Heath just joined us. Hello from rural Indiana. Let me tell you. Um, by the way, Teresa, are you are you affiliated with any party? Which party? Are you a Republican, Democrat, or whatever? Because I want Democrats to start making a heavy play on rural America. Because the truth of the matter is that there is a better fit for progressives and the rural areas than anybody would want to point out uh, we have to take that back we need to take back that which is ours liberal says teresa brewer heat i am a liberal and yes uh, uh we have yvette in atlanta at, as well all right i tell you what i'm going to get started because we got a lot of videos here we got quite a few minutes of videos here uh, well actually it's only about probably 30 percent of the show that's gonna be videos 40 percent 30 probably 32 percent or so but anyhow, let's go ahead and get started. I want to start with Biden and what Biden uh, had to say. Biden pretty much took a, a victory lap on how well the economy is doing. 
plus the reduction in interest rates. I'm not interest rates, reduction in inflation. So let's go ahead and play that and we'll take it on the other side. Inflation numbers don't look too bad. In fact, I think uh, for the month, may, we may have had a bit of negative inflation at times. But here, here's the thing. Uh, Biden is doing something that I don't remember Obama uh, doing or uh, doing sufficiently. He comes out and he takes the credit, the credit due uh, that uh, for putting the economy on the right track. But he does something else. He points out and just like Hakeem Jeffries did, points out what Republicans are doing, which is pretty much nothing to solve an economic problem that we are currently experiencing. And he hammers that home, making it quite stated that he's ready to work with Republicans, but that they need to get their act together. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Today, we've got some good news. Good news about the economy. For the sixth month in a row, inflation has come down. Measured over the last 12 months, it has fallen 6.5 to 6.5%. That's down from 7.1% the month before. It's down from 9.1% this summer. Inflation is now at its lowest level since October of 2021. When we look at, the, at the, just the last three months, we see that inflation fell to 1.8% on an annualized basis. It's down from more than 11% in the first three months of last year. So the data is clear. Even though inflation is high in major economies around the world, it's coming down in America month after month, giving families some real breathing room. And the big reason is falling gas prices. My administration took action to get oil onto the market and bring down prices. Now gas is down more than $1.70 from its peak. And that adds up to a family with a typical family with two vehicles to a savings of $180 a month, every single month that stays in their pockets instead of being spent at the pump. Food inflation is slowing as well. Last month, we saw the smallest increase in food prices in almost two years. And much of that increase was due to the avian flu outbreak, which has driven up the egg prices around in the United States. It's not just gas and food prices, though. When we look at what economists call core inflation, which takes out energy and food, we see welcome news as well. Core inflation is down to the lowest level in a year. Over the past three months, core inflation has come down to 3% on an annualized basis. That's down from more than 6% at the beginning of 2022. The cost of goods is actually falling as prices from everything from computers to used cars are coming down as well. And inflation in the core services is moderating as well. You know, and as inflation is coming down, take home pay for workers is going up. Workers' wages are higher now than they were seven months ago, adjusted for inflation. Wages for lower income and middle income workers have gone up even more. It all adds up to a real break for consumers, real breathing room for families, and more proof that my economic plan is working. When I came to office almost two years ago, the economy was flat on its back, as you'll all remember. Millions of people have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. Millions, millions who kept their jobs saw the hours and paychecks cut. Hundreds of thousands of small businesses permanently closed their doors. People were hurting badly. That's what we inherited. The pandemic was raging and the economy was reeling. 
We acted decisively to put in place a new strategy that would build a rescue and would rescue the economy from the pandemic downturn. At the same time, we laid the foundation for a stronger, more resilient economy for decades to come. An economy that grows from the bottom up and the middle out. Now, now two years in, it's clear, clearer than ever, that my economic plan is actually working. Here's what we've learned just last week. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in 50 years. Say that again, the lowest unemployment rate in a half a century. My first two years in office were, were the two strongest years for job growth on record. We created nearly 11 million jobs, including 750,000 manufacturing jobs. And there were two of the strongest years ever for small business creation as well. And today, unemployment rate is near record for lows for blacks and Hispanic, black and Hispanic workers near record lows. And it's the lowest ever on record for people with disabilities. We're seeing American families breathing a little easier. More Americans have health insurance than they did ever in our history. Fewer families are facing foreclosures today than before the pandemic. And we still have more work to do though, but we're clearly moving in the right direction. And there more, there's more breathing room in store for American workers and families. Starting last week, as of January 1, a month's supply of insulin is now capped at $35 for seniors on Medicare. Some were paying hundreds of dollars every month for their insulin, but not anymore. <clears throat> Starting last week, if big pharma raises prices faster than inflation, they're going to face big penalties. Starting last week, Americans can get tax credits when they install energy-efficient appliances in their homes, like heat pumps or solar panels, or when they buy electric vehicles. These were all pieces of what that big law that we passed last year. Now they're kicking in, and Americans are starting to feel the benefits in their everyday lives. But that's not all. We're seeing historic investments in American manufacturing turn into new factories and new jobs from Arizona, Ohio, Georgia, New York. Companies have announced nearly $300 billion in manufacturing investments here in the United States since I became president. Instead of exporting jobs like we did for decades, we're now creating jobs and exporting product. Creating jobs and exporting product. That's the idea. Now the House has elected a new speaker. I can call him. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Congratulated and I'm ready to work with him or any Republican Congress to make progress on the for the American people. But like many Americans, I was disappointed that the very first bill the Republicans in the House of Representatives passed would help wealthy people and big corporations cheat on their taxes at the expense of ordinary middle-class taxpayers. And it would add $114 billion to the deficit. Their very first bill, House Republicans campaigned on inflation. They didn't say if elected, their plan was to make inflation worse. Plus, House Republicans have introduced another bill. 
blocking action that would help lower gas prices and help consumers. And on top of that, House Republicans are preparing to vote on a national sales tax bill. National sales tax. That's a great idea. It would raise taxes on the middle class by taxing thousands of everyday items from groceries to gas while cutting taxes for the wealthiest Americans. And if I'm not mistaken, what they've introduced, it also would totally eliminate the IRS. Feels good. Except all going to be sales tax. Go home and tell your moms. They're going to be really excited about that. Come on. Is this how the House Republicans are starting a new term? Cutting taxes for billionaires? Raising taxes for working families? Making inflation worse? Well, let me be very clear. If any of these bills make it to my desk, I will veto them. I will flat veto them. I'm ready to work with Republicans, not this kind of stuff. They try to cut Social Security and Medicare, which Americans have been paying into every paycheck since they've ever had got their first paycheck. I'll use my veto pen to stop that as well. But if Republicans want to work together on real solutions to lower inflation, create more jobs, build an economy that works for everyone, I'm ready. Let me close with this. Today's inflation numbers are good news. Good news about our economy. We have more work to do, but we're on the right track. We're seeing bright spots across the country where great things are happening. <clears throat> Roads and bridges are being built. Factories are coming online. People back to work again. Families breathing a little bit easier. That's why I can honestly say, you've heard me say this before, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I've never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. We just have to remember who in God's name we are. You've heard me say it many times. This is the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we work together. So God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. So yeah, very good inflation report. Uh, better than one might think. I mean, remember, this is year to year, which is at 6.5%. But if you take out the year for year and look at it month to month, right, it actually shows a decline. And that is that is what needed to be said, that in reality, there is no inflation. Inflation right now is negative for December. In other words, prices went down in December. The totality in the, the composite of prices went down by 0.1% in December. But since they do it year after year, if you compare to what it was December of last year, it's 6.5%, which means it's going on a progressive decline. All right, let's get let's get clear. Eric Hayes said, and, and folks, bear with me. Uh, Eric Hayes, uh, I think he is comfortable with being willfully ignorant and i say that with respect i genuinely say this with respect he is willfully ignorant because he wants to listen to those who would ill and disinform him not misinform him disinform him now let's but the reason i want to answer the things that he said it's not for eric again he is willing to be willfully ignorant. I can't help that. What I can help are those who listen to the rhetoric and he is a manifestation of that rhetoric. I can help them think correctly. So here's what we're going to say. He claimed that Biden is gaslighting, but he's unable to say 
any one particular item that Biden just said there that is incorrect. And you know why that's the case? Because everything Biden just said there, I mean, some of it may be, you know, uh, let, let me give an example. He says he created 11 million jobs or whatever. That's true, the amount of jobs that were created in that period. But a lot of that is recovery, right? But again, if the jobs had not recovered, they would have said that is on his watch. So even though recovery is from a lot of that is from people going back to work, it is still on his watch. So, I mean, that is a little bit when, when you say that it's like, yep, uh, when, when Clinton created 21 million jobs, some of that was recovery as well. Right. But Clinton, compared to Reagan, created a lot more jobs than Reagan did. Yet, because of the way Republicans lie, you think that that is something that uh, that that Reagan did. But anyway, let's let's continue. Also, with respect to, you know, Eric says, Egberto, eggs are through the roof and that seems high. The egg prices are through the roof for two reasons. One, avian flu, and second, gouging. Two reasons. So we have answers for that as well. Uh, now, when he talks about uh, the, the uh, replenishing, you know, selling away our resources, by opening up the National Reserve of Oil, he neutered the oil companies by putting more flow on the market, right? And forcing them to adjust price. And then I think that was a genius move and it proved to have worked, right? Uh, because these guys are thugs, the oil, we, we, we all understand that the oil companies are thugs. Anybody who steals from a mother is a thug. Anybody who puts a mother and, and kid at risk economically, they are thugs. The oil companies are thugs. So let's just be clear about that. I am not even biting or mincing my words when I claim that the way these guys operate makes them nothing more than petty thieves. Because the prices that they are paying, first of all, they grab the stuff out of the ground that should belong to us all, but they keep it. So let's get, let's get our nomenclature correctly. Oil companies, executives, not the employees, the executives and the people who have the price and power, thugs, thieves, immoral, unethical. All those words apply to the oil company executives who ensure that prices are above what they should be. That item closed. So nothing that Eric says make any sense, but we should be able to explain it away to those people who are coerced and are not will that are receptive to hearing the truth as opposed to one who feels who fe who 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 embellishes their own ignorance okay let's let's get that clear one who embellishes their own ignorance should be one should be concerned about that okay uh let's move on to what other folks have said um para ver para ver para ver para ver para ver but he says you think biden packed uh, his stuff LOL, however, Trump knew, avoided light, and then did it again. Of course, I'm not touching. Let me just tell everybody here. I am not touching the papers that were found because the media should not even be on this story the way they are. Uh, they found documents. It was reported to the DOJ immediately. They followed the rules. Report that story. End of story. Everything else is a Fox News-driven timeline. And I wish 
uh, uh, John Jean Pierre would simply say, I've answered it. Anybody ask another question about that? We're moving on to the next question. Because again, answered, followed the rules. Donald Trump had never followed the rules and he never got interrogated in this fashion. So therefore, I would not have tolerated it as the person who worked for Biden. I'll give the answer. And whenever somebody asks, see the answer that was already given. That's the end of that story. Okay, next next video that I want to show is of um, uh, what, you know, a, a new book just came out. And it, it, it spoke about Trump's most longest chief of staff, the longest uh, running chief of staff, and what his thoughts were on Donald Trump. Because as it turns out, it's important. It's real important that to see what this guy thought about it. So let's go ahead and play that video, and then we'll take it on the other side. Michael Kelly, author of the book, um, Donald Trump versus the United States had an interesting take on, well, actually it's not his take. It is uh, former chief of staff, John Kelly's take on Donald Trump. He didn't know that Donald Trump was as stupid as he is. He didn't know that they made people in the mold of Donald Trump with that amount of ineptitude and ignorance. You got to listen to what this guy had to say again, and then we'll take it on the other side. I want to ask you uh, separately, of course, about the additional reporting you did and the writing you did in the paperback edition of your book, which goes in deep, in, in depth into John Kelly. And when he was the longest serving chief of staff in the earlier part of the Trump presidency and the things he was dealing with, including some startling information in your reporting about what the former President Trump proposed doing with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. A nuclear weapon. So for the for the paperback of, of my book, I wrote a 12,000 word biography of sorts of John Kelly that looks at his history and his time working directly for Trump. And it tells the story of someone who came in as chief of staff thinking that. Trump needed to have better process around it, around him. He needed to be staffed better. There needed to be a better system in the West Wing uh, run, and, and that would keep Trump on track. But hours and just days into Kelly's tenure, he realized that the problem was far greater than that, that the problem was Trump. And Trump was uh, stupider, uh, more impulsive, more limited than he ever thought. He Kelly later told someone who I talked to that that he didn't know they made human beings like that about Trump. And the biggest issue that Kelly was concerned about was 
whether Trump was using highly incendiary language about North Korea at the time, publicly and privately, was going to set off a massive military conflict. And I tell the story of how this chief of staff, uh, who had no one else to call, no one else to really help him, and was spending his days with Donald Trump, tried to get him off of that because he thought that that war was a very distinct possibility, given the the highly uh, charged nature of the public statements both Trump and the North Koreans were making. And Mike, did, did he once talk about actually using a nuclear weapon? So at one point in Trump's Trump was talking publicly. He was saying little rocket man and fire and fury and these different statements. But in private, Trump was also saying things that that were scary. And one of the things he cavalierly discussed was, oh, could we use a nuclear weapon and just blame it on another country? And it just shows you. Um, sort of Trump's limited uh, understanding of such a massive uh, use of power and and the implications of it and the idea even that a president would privately discuss that um, a president privately discussing that and, and if the North Koreans had a, a way of finding out about that it would have really scared the North Koreans to know that Trump was saying that in private. It would have scared the Americans, too. Michael Schmidt, such great reporting. And the book is Donald Trump versus the United States, now out in paperback. This is mind-blowing. And, you know, right now we're hearing all these things, and you have to wonder, the people that were surrounding Donald Trump, why didn't they use the, 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 amend, the 24th Amendment to get rid of this guy? This guy was always going to be a clear and present danger to America. Now, he got a whole lot of Americans killed as it is. And now we understand that he was even thinking about using nuclear bombs and otherwise. This is this guy. We dodged the bullet. And to think that there are so many in this country that would vote for this guy again. It's mind boggling. It's completely mind-boggling. And what it would do, however, is remove the per- make it permanent that we are no longer the country that so many looked up to. I can't believe it. Yeah, it, 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 it is amazing, folks. It is amazing that some people would still feel justified or, or that they would be doing, they'll be patriotic in, in electing a guy like this. It's just mind-boggling. Now, um, I, I, want, I, I, I forgot to touch on the gas stove issue. The fact that Eric uh, would think that the gas stove story is a real story other than what the technical, what the technical t- telling was on that gas, gas stoves. Gas stoves cause all these issues and the new policies are we will encourage people to go with with stoves other than gas stove. It has nothing to do with laying people off in restaurants. It has nothing to do about that. But they they talking about gaslighting. Fox News get people into a frenzy like the elimination of Christmas, the death of Christmas that liberals want to get rid of. It it is mind blowing how simple minded these people think their audience is. And unfortunately, when my good friend, my brother here, Eric Hayes, go ahead and, uh, and listens to that crap and believe it, it shows that 
what's wrong with your mind? What is really wrong? What, what, how does your, your mind calculate things that you allow folks to do that to you? It's amazing. It's mind-boggling. They came out and told you a few facts about gas stoves. Gas stoves, after they've done all these studies, because of the release that you get of these fumes in the home of gas stoves, people have a higher incidence of, of, of asthma because of the, the, the chemical that they put into gas to make it odor, not odor, odor free, but that you can smell it. It affects you to, to point out all these issues about gas stoves and then say, but you know what? In order for us to have less of those issues, less medical bills or whatever, we are going to give you tax breaks if you decide that you want to change your gas stove. We're not telling you to change it, but restaurants as well, they got the choice to do what they want to do. Nothing about laying people off, nothing about jobs. But of course, Fox News go ahead and scare you to death. And you are so weak. The people who listen to Fox News, they're so weak. They believe all these things that Fox News and they keep playing them over and over and over again and taking them to the cleaners and taking their monies. It's amazing how gullible Trump gets over a billion dollars in donations from people who don't have a pot to, you know, do what in. People, people, why are you so gullible? I'm talking about my brothers and sisters on the right who decide to believe what they're telling them. The willfully ignorant. Come on, folks. You're better than that. All right. The next video. I want you to watch uh, what um, this one here is what uh, uh, (laughs) it turns out that, you know, these guys are in Congress now. And the first bills, they they were talking about inflation. They were talking about all these issues that affected the American economy. And now that that they are running the House, what are the first set of laws that they want to work on? It's amazing. Check out what uh, Jeffries had to say. Representative Hakeem Jeffries, minority leader, Democratic minority leader in Congress. I think... This is going to be a very good spokesperson for the party altogether. I mean, I think the guy is more articulate in the way he presents than Obama and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, learning how to run Congress from Nancy Pelosi, having the oratory skills that he has, being able to put the words as he does, I think it's going to be a good thing as he frames Republicans for who they are in Congress and as he is allowed to frame the Democratic message, not only from a little bit left of center, but for progressives as well. Listen to the context of what he's saying. And it is immediately evident It encompasses the whole wave of where the Democratic Party and progressives lie. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Thank you, distinguished uh, gentlemen from New York for yielding all my colleagues uh, for their continued leadership on this incredibly important issue. The 118th Congress has begun. And the differences between 
our side of the aisle and the other side of the aisle couldn't be any clearer. Now, let me, of course, reiterate that as Democrats, we look forward to trying to find common ground whenever and wherever possible to solve issues of consequence on behalf of the American people. But we will oppose extremism whenever it rears its ugly head. Democrats have made clear we are going to continue to work on issues like lower costs, better paying jobs, safer communities, defend democracy, protect the public interests, ensure economic opportunity in every single zip code, and yes, fight for reproductive freedom. My Republican colleagues, you promised to come to Washington to fight for the American people, but have spent a lot of time fighting each other on politics, power, and personality, not working on issues related to the public interest. That's what the last few days have indicated, an extreme MAGA Republican agenda. Now that you are getting into substance, on Monday, you pass a bill designed to allow the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected to cheat on their taxes, subsidize the lifestyles of the rich and shameless, benefit millionaires and billionaires, not working-class families, not middle-class families, not low-income families, not veterans, not everyday Americans, the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected. That was on Monday. Then on Tuesday, you come to the floor and you pass a select committee on insurrection protection, a committee that is clearly designed in the words of some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, to obstruct justice as part of your evident desire, as many of you have said, to eventually defund the FBI. That was Tuesday. And now on Wednesday, you come to the floor. Nothing on inflation, nothing on quality of life issues for the American people, nothing even on public safety. But you come to the floor as part of your march to criminalize abortion care, to impose a nationwide ban, to set into motion government-mandated pregnancies. So that's the distinction for today. As Democrats, we believe in a woman's freedom to make her own reproductive health care decisions. Period. Full stop. A decision that should be between a woman, her family, and her doctors. Period. Full stop. We believe in Roe v. Wade. You wonder about our position? That's it. The Women's Health Protection Act. That's it. Freedom to make your own reproductive health care decisions. That's it. As compared to a clear effort... That's what this bill is about today, a march toward criminalizing abortion care, a nationwide ban, government-mandated pregnancies, part of an extreme MAGA Republican agenda. And so, yes, we continue to extend our hand of partnership if you truly want to work on quality of life issues. But we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it on Monday. We haven't seen it on Tuesday, and we're not seeing it today. So we oppose this bill. We oppose an extreme MAGA Republican agenda. And let's get back to the business of the American people. 
I yield back. I already. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Leader is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I thank the distinguished uh, gentleman from New York. This is what I'm talking about. That is how you stamp Republicans for who they are and prepare yourself to govern later, because that's what it's going to take. We're going to have two years of failed legislations, but thereafter, I think uh, there's a good chance Democrats and progressives come back <coughs> with a vengeance. I agree wholeheartedly. And there is the... Excuse me, sir. Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior, C-3PO? <laughs> All right, Bridge, there you go. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. Okay, Paul Fleming says, like much of anything else in the world, you don't know something is dangerous until we, we are informed. You know we now not drink rainwater from the sky or out of your water hose. The air we breathe is dangerous, so get used to Bad news. Look forward to solutions. Uh, we also have, but he says, replace Ewoks with MAGA. Yeah. Uh, look. You know, I mean, I, I just find it outstanding. Pat Duran, welcome to Politics Done Right. She says, the Republicans are liars and anti-science. They are taking the U.S. to a dark age where fear and hate keep the workers of each other's at each other's throat while the rich toast one another and laugh at us. That's true. Uh, Hakeem is great to follow on YouTube. Yes, he is. I actually follow him on Twitter and then he puts his stuff on Twitter as well. Uh, Breeze says planted or packed wrong. So far, none are classified from what I read. You know, um, one of the reasons I'm not covering that subject, like I said, is that uh, I am not going to take the lead from, uh, from a fallacy. And that's what Fo Fox News has been doing. Fox News has been leading the discussion and the puppets in the mainstream media continue to follow. I am not doing that. So we are not covering uh, these papers. These things were handled uh, perfectly. Uh, when, when they were found, they were turned over. From all the information that we have, nobody had to ask them for the paperwork. In fact, they informed of having found classified information. They could have kept quiet all along and just burned the crap, but they didn't. Uh, let's see what else we, what else we, uh, um, let's see. Yeah, so I'm not covering, covering it at all. Typo. Uh, corrected above. 1 a.m. in the morning. I know I stayed up and watched it as well. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, I need to get get that Akeem speech as well. I think I'm going to copy that and 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 re rebroadcast it as well because it it was a, a feat in oratory and much more because in effect it 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 showed you I'm willing to work with you, but I will not I will not allow you to coerce the actions that you're normally coercing. Deborah Marier says, we'll see what the investigation shows us. Not going to concern myself till that happens. I mean, it, look, it's going to be one of those investigations that just fall through, you know. Uh, it, it just happened to have happened. 
Um, it's nothing like Trump and his bombastic self attempting to sell this to who knows the highest bidder. Uh, let's see what else we got here before I go to the last video. Um, let's see. Robert Davenport, welcome to Politics and Right. I, I didn't call you out. I don't remember calling you out. Uh, Deborah says, amazing speech. He has learned well from Nancy. Absolutely so. Uh, and I think he's going to know exactly how to control the, the, the body the way she did because she was masterful. I have never, uh, never uh, not given her kudos for being the one responsible for getting Obamacare through. After we lost the Massachusetts senator, she was the, the one who figured out how to do the, the bifurcation. The, the portions that needed the 60 votes was already passed. So then they got the Congress to pass it that way. And then all the other places they fixed up in reconciliation. It was masterful the way they did that. And uh, absent that, a lot, of, a lot more Americans would be dead from the lack of health care. But good for how that was done. We had a very smart woman in charge. Okay, we have one last video to show you, CNBC host. And I got a response from somebody on, on one of my pages who said it was one of my worst work because I claimed that our economic system was a fraud. So what I asked that person is to give me a call tomorrow on air at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston at noon central, between noon and one central, 713-526-5738, and let's discuss if our economic system is a fraud or not. I am willing to hold that conversation just like I was willing to hold that conversation with economist uh, Richard, Richard Wolf, who agrees, of course, because he's a great economist and he can prove what, you know. So I would love to discuss with anybody on air why our economic system is a fraud. We can talk about it on air so we can have a bi-directional conversation. So let's do it. Let's do it. I have an interview right after the show. So, uh, But I, I would love that person to call into the program tomorrow at noon central or between noon and noon 45, somewhere around there. Anyhow, here's our last video. These hosts and the American population in general they're so indoctrinated into a fraudulent economic system that even when they say things that should boggle the minds, people just look at it as vita complete. This is how things are. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Andrew Ross Sorkin has something to say about inflation cooling and, and, and listen keenly. Let's take it on the other side. We yeah. have Andrew Ross yeah. Sorkin with us. He's the co-host of CNBC's Squawk Box. Andrew, good morning. Uh, what do you make of this number as it crosses inflation down to 6.5% in December? I think I'm with Steph. This is actually not a terrible number, um, not a great number. And the truth is it's a lagging number, meaning we're, we're looking at numbers that are old. And the likelihood is that that number would be worse today. But again, you know, we, we keep talking about sort of what is a good number. Part of it is what's a number that the Federal Reserve looks at and says, OK, I'm not going to continue raising interest rates because I'm worried about the economy. So we always I use this word perverse all the time. It's perverse. You know, you want the number to be good. You don't want it to be too good. You, but you also don't want it to be too bad. If it's really too bad, then you're really in trouble. And so this is 
I don't want to say Goldilocks, but this is what was expected. You're not seeing the markets move uh, materially at this point. It was moved marginally up this morning on the futures, but we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I know Joe was trying to pinpoint when was that moment that all of the, the quote, smart money in the hedge fund land, and it was really this fall, decided that things were going to be terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, and, there are, and, and people are bringing their earnings numbers down. One of the big questions for corporations is, is it throw everything into the kitchen sink now? Meaning bring your earnings numbers down because uh, that'll give you a little bit of runway later in the year and therefore your numbers will therefore look better. That also may be happening right now. So we're seeing a lot of the numbers come down now, but hard to know what that means six months from now. Hey, Andrew, uh, we're going to hear from President Biden just about an hour's time uh, on this, on inflation, on the state of the economy. Um, but certainly what people really want to hear is going to be from Jerome Powell in, in a few weeks. This is the last inflation report we get before the next Federal uh, Reserve's meeting. So uh, I don't know if you have your crystal ball there, um, but what is your sense as to how this is going to be received? You mentioned only marginal movement so far on Wall Street. But there's a couple different audiences here, Wall Street, corporate America, the Fed. What do you think? Right. Well, the the big question is how do you look at something like CPI, which is actually the you know a, an index of what people are paying for things, versus the employment picture? And we're still at now we're down at three point five percent unemployment in this country. And one of the things you've heard Jerome Powell say is that he needs to actually, in an odd way, he needs to make that number worse. He needs there to be more unemployment in this country, right? And so, to the degree you think he's going to be focused on that, um, that might not be such a, a great thing in the immediate term, meaning he's going to continue to raise interest rates. If he looks at this data and, and mm. again, it's a lagging. Is that piece of it lagging? And also, is the employment picture lagging? Maybe he says, okay, things actually are not as good as we think, and maybe not as good is actually good because, therefore, he doesn't have to raise rates. Now, think about this. What Andrew uh, Sorkin, Russ Sorkin is saying is that for our economy to work properly, we have to have pain from a certain amount of unemployed. They're also saying that, uh, you know, they constantly tell you what inflation is, 6.5%. What they don't tell you is that is from last year to this point, this year, it's 6.5%. But reality is this month's inflation or December's inflation was negative. In other words, it dropped. So month to month, we are actually, last month, we didn't have zero inflation. We had negative inflation, which means we had a degree of deflation because of gas prices and a few other things, right? But worse is if you take a look at what he said, well, the employers are going to look at the data now and decide if they're going to have to, might as well say, cook the books. Hear what he says. Make, the, make them look so bad now. Take all your losses in now. So calculate to make your books look a certain way so that uh, we can come out of it looking like we're stars. This economic system is a fraud. And the average American citizen within this economic system is nothing but a cog in the wheel to enrich a few. Again, think about it. In what Sorkin just told you, we need to see more pain on the American people with unemployment. And if we don't see the pain in unemployment, we're going to give everybody in the middle class and the, and the and working class pain by increasing their interest rates until they succumb 
until they succumb to an economic system, a fraudulent economic system that says we must have a certain percentage of you suffering all of the time. And by the way, we're not going to tell you what inflation really is. We'll kind of tell you what it has been on a declining rate, not commensurate with what's actually occurring today in our economy. Like I've said several times, we have a fraudulent economic system. And when we understand it, we can do something to make it a real economy that supports us all. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos, wow, something happened right there, and I don't know what it is. Uh, let me. Oh my God, I lost a piece of my screen. Bear with me one second as I try to correct this. Uh, how did this happen? Uh, I think this belongs down here. I think this belongs up here. And if I do that, how am I getting... Hey, guys, there's two of me there. There we go. I think I fixed it. But I don't know what happened there. But anyhow, we've got it covered now. There we go. All right. Okay, it looks like it's fixed. You know, when you have all these things and you're one person operating all of this, you got to figure it all out on your own. But anyhow, uh, Deborah Moyer says, when I was still practicing, I had patients who died from no health care coverage. Sad. So true, but sad. Uh, E2247 says, urge your legislator to support arms control uh, in its powerful tool for managing nuclear risk. True, A. Uh, in Chicago, the governor of Chicago, I mean, the governor of uh, Illinois, they passed gun control, guys. They got it passed. Now the NRA is saying we're taking it to court, to which they are saying, please take it to court. Let's set a precedence because we know we're right. Uh, Deborah Murray says, doesn't seem it has been that way. And Pat Duran says, I support regulated capitalism, but that, but what we have is vampire capitalism where the workers are bled to death in order to make the few rich. But that is capitalism. Uh, Brother Pat uh, Duran, or I don't know if you're... Uh, capitalism defaults into a monopoly oligarch, um, oligopoly. And, and here's why. Milton Friedman, the god of capitalism in the, uh, in the 70s, 80s, maybe the 60s as well, he said that executives have no responsibility no societal responsibility no moral responsibility at all their sole responsibility is to the shareholder maximizing profits for the shareholder at all cost that actually devolves into monopoly because maximizing your profits in the long run means I am going to try to beat my competition at everything till the competition fails and I am in control. I believe in free enterprise. And you may want to call that regulated capitalism. I want to remove the term capitalism altogether and I want to have the term free enterprise with a very, very strong social safety net. And the reason why is we have to start thinking humanity first. 
when you take a look at capital, the, 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 uh, there, there is a whole sector in our economy right now that creates nothing. A stockbroker creates nothing. A market mover creates nothing. They like to say that the reason we want to have corporations who can gouge you, corporations who can take whatever they want out of your pockets, is because we pay that price for innovation is what they would say. They would say that absent us allowing greed to function, that somehow innovation would cease. It is the biggest lie there is. And we are so gullible too often we accept it. If we were as greedy as the capitalists, if we were as greedy as the executives, they wouldn't be able to monopolize everything given that they produce nothing. The executives don't create anything. You take a look at all inventions. They may start in somebody's garage or they may start in a university that was funded by we the people. Even when it starts in a garage, it is funded by we the people because of all the societal gains we've made from roads and all these other things that we create, roads and schools, etc. Right? And the innovators, the people who created aspirin, uh, uh, insulin, and all these other things, they were paid once. They got paid once, and they continue to innovate. But those guys who control, you know, they, they like to talk about the venture capitalists, right? The venture capitalists come into the fold, and they look at, you go and you beg them for funding for your startup and they decide i think that startup will work and i think that startup would work they have no intellect to create these products these inventions but they have the capital and they fund some of these startups that that's actually based on other inventions created by we the people and then they fund it and then somehow they profit from it because again the creators get paid once. The engineer who created something, the scientist who created something, who works for Halliburton, who works for the oil company, who works for all these different entities, they create, they get a salary. But the people who monopolize, the capitalists that monopolize, they hold on to the spoils over and over and over again. Technology to drill deep into the ground for oil. The engineer gets paid once. And then the owners, the capitalists who own the Exxons, etc., they keep collecting and collecting and collecting, and then they don't want to pay taxes on the free oil they're getting that should really belong to us all. It's a fraud. It's a fraud, and until we get away from the indoctrination that we've had since the inception of our country, until we get away from that indoctrination, nada, nothing will change. But we have to believe in reality. We have to believe in truth. We have to believe in the way things really work. And we have to stop having people tell us how things work and just accept it as fact. Regulated capitalism? No. Free enterprise? Yes. Strong social safety net? Yes. The commons? Yes. Collectives? Yes. That which cannot be done in those domains, public sector, 
done by the government, which is a lot more efficient because remember, profit in certain industries is nothing more than a qualified expense. My name is Egberto Willie. I forgot to ask for my, I forgot to do my ask. I got so engulfed into this. I'm going to just put one out there and I, I'm going to ask you guys so kindly to support our show. Please go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. politicsdoneright.com slash support. And we have all the different links in which you can support us there. politicsdoneright.com slash support. I ask you so kindly to support this program. There's, there are not too many of us who are willing to go out there and just tell the absolute truth about our economic system. People fear doing that. They, they fear what they're going to be called. They fear that they're going to call them all these names that it's kind of crazy to be called that in America. I promise you, I will never fear telling the truth. But I do need support in being able to tell the truth. So I ask you so kindly to go to politicsandright.com slash support or politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Support the program. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. Love you all. You know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.